Hi, and welcome to episode eight of the Technical Foul podcast. I am Ben Thompson, the author and founder of Stratechery, and... I'm Manton Reese, blogger, iPhone developer. Also a podcaster. And someone who gets predictions all wrong most of the time for NBA games. <laughs> well, so last time when we were recording, I had a weird audio pro- problem that 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 cropped up like towards the end of the podcast and you decided to just take it out, which was unfortunate because I believe I was ranting about how terrible Kyrie Irving's defense is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you made the point before it started to go bad. And so I feel like you still kind of made the point, but then you kind of underscored the point several times. And yeah, there was just too much static and I didn't want listeners to have to, to go through that. And that's but, fine. I mean, our, if we had a transcript, we could include, <laughs> you know, include that as like a little side Oh, note. it's not like it was a difficult call. So yeah, our notes, okay, both of our predictions have been all over the place. Um, but in this case, uh, my uh, my Warriors in five prediction is looking wrong in that it might be four. Uh, and your Cavs. Yeah. In, well, I mean, if the Cavs <laughs> are going to win, it's going to be in seven. So I guess you still you still have an outside chance. Well, and also what I said was the way I talked myself into Cavs in seven was I said, I think that the Warriors could win the first two at home and the Cavs could win the second two at home. And then obviously, you know, the Cavs got have, have to win six and seven. It would be very difficult, but they could do it. The Warriors haven't had to go to seven games a lot. Maybe they could crumble at the end. So like my prediction is still possible. The Cavs could still win the next two games at home, but wow, it's not looking, it's not looking good. In fact, it, it's looking like the Cavs and LeBron's, first trip to the finals when they were swept by the Spurs uh, mm. in four games. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing to remember, this is the second, this is the second year these teams have played. And basically the Warriors are winning by more every single game. <laughs> like the Warriors have now won, have the Warriors have now won, what is it? Five in a row. And every, every, I believe it, it might not be every, but it's the trend is towards they're winning by more each game. And they're doing it without what you'd expect. Like they're doing it without Curry and Clay Thompson having amazing games. Exactly. So this is interesting, and this actually, and so what, what's what's really interesting. So there's a few things that are going on here. So we'll start with the Cavs, the the Warriors on offense versus the Cavs on defense. And uh, the reason why I would go, actually, I think that Irving thing is key. I mean, generally in the NBA, you can get away with an you know an okay defender at the point guard spot. I mean, probably the bottom line is something like Damian Lillard is not really a good defender and he does hurt you. But in the, like you where you really suffer is if you have poor defense at like the five position. Like that's such, like the center position is all about defense. Like the my Bucks, for example, had a huge drop off this year, even though they seemed to get a better center with Greg Monroe over Zaza Pachulia. But actually, the team's defense fell apart because we went from having a really good defensive center to a really poor one. And that compromises your defense so badly that it's it's really hard to recover from. And generally, the smaller the player on the floor is, the more it's okay if he sucks at defense. Because if you just think about the geometry of the floor, there's someone behind him to clean up for him, right? Yeah. So the problem for the Cavs is that Kyrie is so bad that he has the amazing ability to ruin a team's defense from the one position. And that's actually really hard to do. Now, it's compounded by the fact that it's Steph Curry. But I actually think Steph Curry has had a massive impact on these games. And the reason that a massive impact is if you watch these games, the Cavs are basically having to devote two people to him at all times, whether or not he has the ball. And they have to do that because Kyrie is is helpless. He's He's... Like there's a few re- like some of the threes Curry got last game was like he just he was standing straight up gets hung up on a screen Curry has a wide open three and so what happens is that happens the guy who's on the screener or someone else is so attentive to Curry 
that everyone else is wide open. I mean, look at these shots Golden State's getting. They are wide, wide open. They're like every yeah. single player in Golden State is like Andre Robertson being ignored by the defense, except they ought not be ignored. Right. And they're such a good shooting team. And you see this. I mean, we knew they were a better shooting team than anybody else in the league. And if you leave them open, uh, yeah, good luck. And it's not just I feel like that they're double teaming Curry, but uh, they're doing that to a lot of Warriors players. And sometimes it works. Like I've noticed sometimes uh, if if someone in the Warriors seems a little bit lost, someone will come over to help. They'll double team and they'll try to trap and get a turnover. And sometimes it works. And I don't know if they're going to continue to do that and maybe even press harder on that. But the problem is, of course, as many times as it works, it seems like they lose somebody and there's a warrior under the basket that no one's covering and it's an easy layup. Yeah, I mean, the, well, I think when, when I say double, it's not just the like the, the trapping, which they're definitely doing. They did last year. Mm-hmm. But it's just like even with like you see like both Thompson and Curry, they'll cut across the baseline and like there's like three guys with their eyes on them and following them. Yeah. And so the other warriors are just going back door, leaking out to the three point line. And it's not so much that they're actively doubling them. It's that. I feel like the Cavs defenders are so aware that Kyrie is going to screw it up that they're over ready to cover his rear end and okay. it's it's screwing up everything else. They're also doing a lot of switching like the Thunder did. The problem is is that they don't have the Thunder players and they don't have the Thunder discipline, which you wouldn't normally say about the Thunder, but it's true. And and so they're just blowing stuff all over the place. I mean, it's 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 been bad, uh, and the, the scary thing is that there's a debate about what's worse, their defense or their offense. Right, and they can't, the Cavs can't have a bad offense at night. I mean, they've got to be great, and they haven't been either of these games. Uh, they're missing shots, they're not, they just look, they don't look together, especially at the end of the game. Like, I feel like both of these games, at the beginning, the Cavs were in it. I mean, even game one, third quarter, it's like halfway through or something, and the Cavs go on a run, and they take the lead, and I'm like, hey, you know, these games could be close, but at the end of it, both of them, you know, you just have to kind of question what's going on. Yeah, I think the, the so this is the real problem because we we kind of, well, we knew their defense was going to be a problem. Like they, they'd been relatively weak all year. They hadn't been good in the playoffs. And so we knew that was going to be a problem. But the question was like their offense had looked so awesome, you know, and, and yeah. like – I think what we talked about, like, there might be some like one games in like the one thirties or something like where they're just like a scoring fest. And they had a record again in threes or right. something against the Hawks or, I mean, they had some of those games they were looking just incredible. Oh, and, and, and they're just getting wiped, uh, wiped out on that end. I mean, they're scoring like the eighties or something. And it, it's really frustrating to watch. And it's frustrating to watch for a few reasons. Uh, one is just like basic, basketball like you like everyone who's listening watch the next game and instead of watching the ball watch the other side of the court from the ball and the difference is striking the warriors there's always action going on they're screening for each other they're cutting there's always stuff going on away from the ball and one that just distracts the def- defense but two like that guys get open that's how they leak open then next possession watch the calves and nothing happens and and you mentioned the game it started out okay like the first three or four possessions of this game it happened there was off-screen action there's players cutting hard and immediately stopped like and for the rest of the game it wasn't there and it's it's like it's kind of like we talked about the thunder like you can't change your habits like overnight and mm-hmm. frankly it makes me question the whole like being in the east is an advantage thing because the problem is the Cavs haven't needed to be good like the Cavs could could barely try in these playoff series and dominate and then they get the finals against a real team and they have bad habits and and 
like beyond just the t- the the tactical stuff, which I'm ready to get into, they just have bad habits, and it's the last place you can afford to have bad habits. Yeah, and it's kind of too late to change anything in a significant way. Like you said, they will have to try, and they'll be at home, so that'll help a little bit. Yes, that will. On defense, I mean, they've had moments, and even if you look at like Warriors turnovers in this last game. Like 20 turnovers, right? Yeah, Cavs and a lot, like a, lot, 15, a lot. 15 steals. Yeah, and a lot of live ball turnovers, yeah. The, if you just look at that, like the steals and the turnovers, and like we said, sometimes putting pressure and be able to uh, get a steal. Like if you just look at that, it's like, well, maybe the Cavs have it in them, but can they keep that up for 48 minutes? And then, and even with that, even with the Warriors' 20 turnovers, you know, they won by 30 points. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and Curry and Thompson not doing anything again. Well, let's let's get to the offense, because I, I think the—, the I. I don't have any hope for their defense, frankly. I mean, I think that okay. it is what it is. I think they should settle down their defense. They should stop actually with the active and they should just pack the, they should like play more straight up and make the Warriors beat them, right? Stop with this mm. junk. Like they haven't been switching all year. Don't start now. Like don't do all this weird stuff. Like just play your defense and stick with it. And for heaven's sake, uh, <laughs> we'll get to the lineup stuff a little bit. But, but the, what's frustrating me about their offense is to me the most effective and most dominant offense for them. And I've been saying this all playoffs is putting LeBron James as the four man in the, in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And you have him either in a dribble handoff or rolling to the, to the rim. He's so frightening for the defense because if he gets the ball, you have him with a head full of steam going towards the rim with shooters all spread out all around him, which is a terrible place to be because he's, he's still a brilliant, you know, he's a brilliant passer. Uh, if, if he doesn't, he's sucking attention to him and the ball handler should get, get a, you know, a good, good head of steam to the rim. Instead, what they're doing is James is handling the ball. And the problem is with James handling the ball, the Warriors just go under the picks every time because James can't shoot anymore. And everyone just sticks home on the shooters. And like, this is so easy to defend. You have a pick and roll with James holds the ball. The defender goes under the pick and roll. The three defenders on the edges stay on their guys. And then what? Then he goes one-on-one against Andre Goodall, who's one of the best defenders in the league. It's, it's awful. It's, it's, it's bad offense, and it's it, it's so frustrating because better offense is right there. And the problem is this gets to coaching, but it gets to LeBron James because the question is, is LeBron James willing to play that role? Is he – Sorry, I'm ranting, but I'm very I'm so frustrated about this. Like LeBron James, yeah. LeBron James with the ball in his hand is better than anyone else on the Cavs with the ball in his hand because he's a great player. Right. But LeBron James is better at everything. And <laughs> comparative advantage dictates that like you James should maybe do something that he's not the best at or but he's better relative to everyone else and someone else might be a better ball handler like say Kyrie Irving who's worthless at everything else or or Del Vidova who's a decent ball handler in the pick and roll let them run the pick and roll because no one can roll like James can and you have James rolling you have with a, a good ball handler a good passer or Eric's not a good passer but you know what I mean you can shoot off you can shoot the pull up at least handling you spread it out with off, offenders with, with offensive shooters and just let the chips fall they may like maybe you'll shoot 50% from three again and if you do you'll win Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was that was a long rant. I, that, no, that's good. The uh, I'm trying to think if they did that much in game one because I know in game one there was a lot of it seemed like there was a lot of opportunities for open threes because yeah, LeBron would be going to the basket and then he 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 throw it out to somebody and they'd swing it around and you know someone would be wide open. They they did that several times and you know some shots didn't go in, some did. I feel like in game 
two, that didn't really happen much. Yeah, game one was definitely better than game two. Yeah, and they had, I don't know, they had some chances there. And it's interesting to kind of compare to that offense. And like, that's when, when the Cavs get a three, it's usually because of that. It's the passing up a shot because someone's more wide open, swinging it around. Um, whereas the Warriors, I feel like, man, it's off a screen sometimes or, you know, step back three or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the other problem is that, though, the, I mean, the Warriors are switching a lot, and that does neuter the pick and roll. And the Warriors, have, you know, what's so great about their team is the way they have so many interchangeable parts, particularly on defense, and, and, and they can change around. And, but at but that's where, and this is where the Cavs' lack of preparation bites them because that you can beat screens as the as the Warriors have shown like you can with cuts or like pre-rolls like rolling before the actual pick is set and they're just not in the habit of doing that and so they're just kind of being taken out of you know being taken out of what they do and 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 then mm-hmm. they're playing terrible lineups like they played that third quarter with LeBron James at center which theoretically makes sense from an offensive standpoint but on defense it was a disaster and on offense if James is handling the ball that like <laughs> The whole point is to have James as the big man, not to have him as the point guard in that that specific lineup. Like, mm-hmm. and then they come back in the fourth quarter with Mozgov and Thompson. It's like, can we have a happy medium here, Lewis? Oh, like, I, well, at that point, the game had already kind of. I know, away. I know. It's just, I'm yeah. just frustrated as a basketball fan. I want to see good games, yeah. and and I want to see. And again, I'm a tech analyst who's talking about the NBA. Like, who knows what I'm, if I actually know what I'm talking about. But like, it feels like that there are very, Cleveland is not playing optimally. And that's mm-hmm. frustrating because they, they're, they're, it's a bad matchup. The, the Warriors are better. And their only chance, in my opinion, is to play optimally and to play high variance, which means a lot of threes. Because if you play high variance, by definition, there's going to be some outliers where you're just going to, you're going to win just because you shoot the lights out. And they're not getting themselves in a high variance situation. They're getting themselves in these one-on-one games where, where the odds are massively in the Warriors' favor. Yeah, and like you said, it's, it's tough when LeBron is not making shots outside um like he he was okay and the the first game he shot two of four from three mm-hmm. but the second game only made one three and i remember it kind of rattled in like it, yeah. it almost didn't go in right the, these shots are not very close uh when, they, when they're missing um but the first game again like if you think about i mean what have the Cavs done right i feel like they've had some defensive moments at the end of game two lebron said like they beat us in everything. Like every point in the game, they beat us. Like there's nothing we did right. And I don't think that's completely true. And even in game one, both teams shot 33% from three. So it wasn't. Right. It but, wasn't but the Cavs that, had, had, had very few attempts. Like they had been shooting yeah. like 33 as a game. And I think they, they shot in the teens for the Cavs to have a chance. They need to shoot more threes, not fewer again, because the, the, they are outmatched. And so they need to, they they need to roll the dice, and the best way to roll the dice in basketball is to shoot three point shots. Yeah, and they shot a couple more in game two, but they shot much worse. Twenty one percent. It's not going to cut it. But like they were fairly competitive in game one uh, on threes. They shot just a couple less. They they were fairly competitive on some of the other things. And again, in the second game, they were competitive on turnovers and steals. And like they they have moments, but like neither one of these games there's like one out of five things they did right. And you kind of can't let the Warriors (laughs) beat you at several aspects of the game. There's just no, no, 
no hope. Yeah, and, and I, you are right about the steals and stuff, and, and they do need to get in transition. That's another way to kind of tilt the odds in your, in your favor. But I think Cleveland is shooting like I mean, Golden State's shooting like their effective field goal percentage. I think I just saw something like fifty nine percent, which is like yeah. that gives you a higher percentage for threes because it counts for more. But right. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not looking good. I think you're right. They're going home, and that is certainly gives gives hope that they will. You know, the role players usually play better at home. They'll hopefully, they shoot better at home. They'll have some time to hopefully make some adjustments. But big picture, I mean, yeah, tough for LeBron. His team's not as good. But I mean, whose fault is that? I mean, the guy picked who he has. He's the one that he traded for love. He he picked his coach. He did all this. And frankly, he needs to like, especially he hasn't been able to shoot all year. He needs to be being the role guy. He does not be the ball handler. And he just refuses to accept that role. And the guy's phenomenal he's great like i will defend him as a great player but i <laughs> like yeah it, it's not the way they're playing right now it's not enough yeah it, it, like the first one the person who, who deserves the most blame narrowly is Kyrie irving i think because i really think he's fundamentally compromising their defense and he's not playing well in offense he's not making up for it but the guy big picture is lebron and like, like i said i love the guy i've defended him against all the haters but i mean like there's problems here that i think are on him yeah, I used to be one of the haters, but I'm kind of, I'm really kind of rooting for him now. I think it, I think it would be fun. Yeah, it would be but, fun because I think he's I think he's in Cleveland for the rest of his career. I think he's going to stick around and try to win. But how many back to back finals can you go to? And especially if they're swept, uh, must be must be frustrating. So you mentioned you mentioned Love and. He was okay in the first game, I guess. Like it wasn't that bad in the beginning of this game. I feel like he started both games okay, and he's been pretty good at at shooting and pretty good at like posting up on the baseline in in this game and getting some shots close to the rim. But now he's out right. with a concussion. So like, is he even gonna be in game three? And is that is that good news? Uh, bad news? I don't know. I mean, I, first off, I hope I hope he's fine. Like, obviously, yeah. And um, and I think he's still a great player. I think he'd probably be in better shape on a, on a different team. Um, and there's some people that are griping about the officiating. Like, I I rewatched that play, and I because of the I have the NBA app, you can actually watch it from multiple camera camera angles. And there, like, I heard from. On Twitter, journalists there were saying no one in the building actually saw what happened until the replay. Mm-hmm. And you, if you watch again, like. You did get whacked at yes, but like it was almost impossible to see it happen. He just crumpled to the floor. It was kind of weird. Um, I was in exchange with someone on Twitter about this, so it's off the top of my mind. But um, yeah. I hate to say it, but I think it's probably a good thing for the Cavs. And it's less about love, and it's more about I think this clarifies their big man rotation. Like they, I think they have to play James at the four. I think James at the four and Thompson at the five is their best lineup. Thompson is good on defense. He can switch out on Curry if need be. Um, he can, he, w- I thought he was great in the first quarter lesson. I didn't understand what he had played yeah. in the third. Like, I mean, he had his hustle and offensive yeah. rebounding, like it gives the Warriors, like it makes what Thompson does when he's out there is it makes the Warriors feel like they need to play a center because, uh, green has a hard time with Thompson. Like Thompson just outworks him and, and he's a little bigger than him. He's a little, and he's, he's quick and he's agile. And so th- the problem is once the once you take Thompson out, then they can put Green at center. And the Green at center lineups are just obliterating the Cavs. They mm-hmm. did last year. They are this year. So when they took him out, James played at the five? Yeah, they played James. Yeah, at the, he was like the biggest on the on the court for a little yeah, while. Yeah, they, like, uh, they, they, for some reason, they're not playing Channing Fry. I mean, I think part of it is the um, the the switching. Well, he's really t- kind of taking, taking Fry out of the game. But I would like to see... 
I would like to see Thompson at the five is sub with Fry and just James at the four as much as possible. And and if you need mm-hmm. just if like if you need one more big guy, I guess you can play Mozgov for a little bit. Um, Mozgov, I, I like. I would like to see some lineups with Mozgov and Thompson and Irving, and we'll just let Irving go one on one and let Mozgov uh-huh. and Thompson clean up the offensive boards. Like I think that it could actually be. Uh, that could actually be relic that could tread water when James is out because the Cavs are getting obliterated when James is out, like even worse than yeah. the Warriors are with Curry out, which by the way shows why Curry worse, no yeah. Curry is still valuable even though he's not shooting because you could see when Curry goes out of the game, except for, except for once it was a blowout, but in the first half like they struggle because it's him drawing the defense that is making everyone open. But it's worse for James when James is out there in trouble, and I think you could scratch out some effective offense with Kyrie going one on one and Thompson and Mozgov on the offensive boards cleaning up the mess because you get like Kobe assists, which are you know like <laughs> where you miss these shots, but you get the offensive rebound, you get you get a put back, mm-hmm. and I, I think that you know there could be some clarity for the Cavs. They, they have James needs to play four. Their entire front court is all fours. And now there's one fewer of them. Yeah. Um, did Thompson actually come back in in that game? Or he was he only had 19 minutes in that whole game. And especially after having a pretty good first game. Yeah. He, did, did At that point, they were just down he too much. He came in the fourth just, with Mozgov. He did come in? Yeah, okay. yeah which was weird. Uh, yeah, it, that was another thing that that's frustrating. Like, at the end of the day, minutes are minutes. And you're say, what, did, what did Tyron Lue save Thompson for? Like, he finished the game with four fouls. Right. And, and mm-hmm. he was not there when the game was lost. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, uh, Tyron Lue is looking like uh, a first year head coach right now. Yeah. I'm curious uh, how game three is going to start, especially without love. I feel like love is still an important, like if he's better, I feel like they should play him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he's still like getting back to LeBron's bad shooting. Like love is capable of doing what LeBron should be doing, which is being a threat you know, posting up, getting close to the basket or from three, like love is able to do that. Um, they can, they have to take him seriously. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think, I, I, I think Irving is more of a, of a problem than love and not just yeah. in this series, but in general. Uh, but I, my bigger point is not necessarily love per se. It's that they like, they need to play James of the four. And if this forces them to do it, then, then so be it. Yeah. Irving. Is, I mean, we had mentioned before the series started that, you know, sometimes he's great. You know, he's knocking down threes, long range, and he's he's showing off and, you know, getting open and and sometimes not. And these first two games have been disappointing. I hope he has one. I haven't noticed if he's better. I mean, I'm assuming he's better uh, in, front of, in front of a home crowd, but hopefully he has a good one because they, they need that. They need something. And he had a few steals in both these games. So it's not like, I mean, you, you keep saying he's terrible defensively and I'm with you, but like, it, that might, you might be able to cover up some of that if he had actually made his shots when he needed to. No, yeah, no, exactly. I, mean, I think um, what's going to be really interesting is obviously the summer. Everyone's talking about that love will probably go, but I mean, hmm. I, I think the problem with the team is Ir- Irving's just a bad match for James because Irving's Ir- by far Irving's best skill is having the ball in his hands and scoring one-on-one and he's, he's not very good at almost everything else. The problem is as long as James on the team, that's not going to be his role. And, Hmm. and so like, he's the, he's a bad fit with James specifically. The the problem is, is that Irving is the long-term future of the, of the Cavs once James is gone. And so if you trade him away, you're trading away your future uh, to, you know, for someone that's more compatible with James that said, you know, it's James's team. Like, and, and I think if they make a move, that's the, that's the first place to look is, 
is what can you get for what can you get for Irving? And I will say, having visited the SPN trade machine, uh, one can trade uh, Kyrie Irving for Chris Paul, and, uh, w- mm. and one can also trade Kevin Love for Kamal Anthony. Uh, and the, I, I haven't figured out how to get Dwayne Wade on the team yet, but but the the, the friends <laughs> could be united. It's interesting if that I mean if anything like that happens, even part of that happens. And let's say the Cavs can make it again next year to the finals. Like that would be like three kind of different teams in the finals. Yeah. I mean, the I only know. thing is LeBron, yeah. right? Everything else is. But how do you? Can you really reshuffle every single year and expect to win? This team, I this mean, t- championship teams like have a core together for years. That's true. And they get but better. Does this Cavs together. team have any chance against your, against your Spurs? Right. Does this Cavs yeah. team have any chance against that OKC team we saw? Yeah. I mean, how much must okay? I mean, we knew this at the time, but it's got to be killing OKC to watch these games, right? I because they would be wiping them off the floor as well. I mean, <laughs> it, actually, if it was against OKC, it'd be worse because the first two games have been in Cleveland, and for sure OKC would have won Game One because I mean, you saw like it, it was very jarring. I think for Cleveland to go from playing like Toronto to go to playing Golden State, right? I mean, I love you, Toronto, but sorry, like it's a different. The level is just different, and yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow, the, yeah. So, 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 if so. Chris Paul, if Oklahoma City, would they, if they had made it, would they have had home court? I'm no, Cleveland, think, Cleveland would have had home. home Cleveland court. still would have. Yeah. So interesting. So, uh, uh, Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving, who says no? Oh goodness! I mean, LeBron does want mature players around him, right? He doesn't want like a, the Andrew Wiggins <laughs> that they got rid of, right? Yep. He wants, he wants people that who have they been could, who, who they could use, but yeah, right. <laughs> um, that would be pretty funny. Get him back. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think, so I think, uh, well, first I think the Clippers would say yes, super duper fast. And they, and they have to, because really? I mean, you're getting, you're getting a all-star level point guard. If he ever learns to play a modicum of defense. Yeah. Uh, very like 10 years younger. Like you're, you're going down it. And, and this Clippers core, I don't think is going to win. They, they haven't demonstrated that. So that's one. Yeah. Two, this, what would make me excited about Chris Paul is you can see the same problem is Chris Paul needs the ball in his hands, right? That's Kyrie's problem. However, LeBron James might actually listen to Chris Paul because the truth is the Cavs would be hmm. like a, a Chris Paul, LeBron James pick and roll would be awesome. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm Chris Paul now, might yeah. be the only point guard that James would give the ball up to and actually slot into the role that he needs to play. Yeah. I like it. But how are you going to feel when the Clippers move back to Seattle and they don't have Chris Paul? <laughs> hey, <laughs> not back any, to Seattle, any, but any, to any, Seattle. Any, any team in Seattle, I'm fine. Now, I mean, unfortunately, okay. the, problem, the problem for Balmer is because Balmer is very good at the bottom line. Uh, he knows that being in LA is, is more valuable than being in Seattle, sadly. Um, but yes, thank you for reminding me that I should not feel bad for OKC and that I, I am obliged to eternally hate them. Um, so, because <laughs> I, I was, I was feeling, I was, I was getting a little too sympathetic for the, for them. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, anybody in the West, like watching this, they're like, ah, yep. you know, it was, that was our, that was our shot possibly. Oh, the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, right? I mean, they, they, they thought it looked like they were all set up to beat the Warriors and then, and then, you know, Paul and Griffin got hurt. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. Again, that was one of those 24 hours, like everything changes moments. Yep. And LeBron, I mean, who knows, you know, they get, if they get swept here, I still, I still think there's a chance for the Cavs, but if it doesn't work out, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we, we both thought Durant would probably 
stay in Oklahoma City, sign for at least another year with Westbrook. Maybe there's an option. But like, what if not? What if he goes to the East? Yeah. Um, and like, there's no guarantee the Cavs are going to be able to come back here every single year. They may be facing, uh, you know, better competition next year. Yeah. In the East. I mean, I, I don't. I think. I, I mean, I think Durant would be dumb to weave just because you. I don't think he's going to get a better team than he has right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if he went to Boston or or, or or Miami, I think Boston's the more attractive because they have good players and assets and more cap space. But I mean, Miami's, and Miami's like Miami. millions right? of draft picks right. this year. Right. <laughs> and if they did that, they would trade a bunch of them for another like veteran player, like a front court player, a rim protector, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the problem is that one, the team won't be as good. And two, I think we're seeing with Cleveland, like, yes, getting to the NBA finals is great, but if you're, it's, you still have to beat the best team in the West one and two, like, it might not be good for your team to just roll through the East without any challenging. I mean, mm-hmm. the, like I, I, I do think that the Cavaliers sh- have the capability to be better than they are. And part of their problem is all the upheaval and, and the coaching changes, all sort of stuff. And part of the problem is they, this is the first time they've been in a situation where they've had to figure stuff out. I mean, like, like golden state, Memphis last year being down 2-1. You know, like they had to figure some stuff out. Last year in the finals, they had to figure some some stuff out. That's how, the death lineup didn't even exist until the finals last year. Like, it, yeah. and it didn't exist until game four of the finals last year. And and Cleveland, by virtue of being in the East, hasn't had to figure this stuff out. And it, it makes it their challenge in the finals even worse. And as, yes, it's great to be in the finals, but it's it's also not great to be 2-4 and four like LeBron's about to be. Yeah, exactly. Wait, no, two and five. That's yeah. It'll yeah if, if they lose here and again, like the parallels being swept his first time to the finals, it really kind of hurts for Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the death lineup didn't exist, like you said, and and that speaks to that the Warriors are better this year than they were they last are, year. They are. They're, they're better in that they know their lineups better, and they're better in that both Thompson and Green are are way better than they were last year. And yeah, and yeah, it it was. Uh, the question is, yeah, what, what about the Warriors? I think this is peak Warriors. Uh, okay. Uh, and the reason is, like, Bogut's almost done. Um, Iguodal is going to – he's getting he's getting up there. Like, it's – it's maybe Curry can get better, but he's, he's at – like, he's probably at his peak right now. And hmm. there's the, like, the drive to get 73 games and to win two in a row and to prove the dollars right. Like, can they really maintain that going f- – I and mean, they won 73 games this year. Uh, like – they don't. They don't do that. Again not, next year. not just that. You can't maintain seventy. Right. Well, not just that. But Curry. That. I mean, Curry's on this super cheap contract because of his ankles. He's going to get paid. They're going to have a thing with Barnes. Like, if to keep Barnes, they're going to have to pay him more than they paid Green and more than they paid Thompson. How is that going to go for team chemistry? Mm-hmm. There's lots of intangible things that I think uh, are going to be a challenge for them to deal with. Uh, sure. Yeah, so you mentioned Bogut uh, kind of at the end. He had, uh, man, he was playing really strong at the beginning of this, like blocking shots. Oh, yeah, no he was, who awesome. was coming. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I kind of almost, when they when they have him start, and just because there was, you know, he was taken out last year in the finals for, as a starter, I almost feel like, he's got to prove something. I'm going to block every shot. Do not put the death line <laughs> yes. up in. Keep me in this, keep me in this game. That's right, not, I forgot about that, yeah. Um, so, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about uh, the players around LeBron. I was thinking about Vergeau because he was with, we haven't really talked about him that much. He's had some moments uh, where he, I thought he really hustled and played, played really well, but uh, he was in Cleveland long, long, long time mm-hmm. and they got rid of him in the middle of the season or whatever. 
and now he's on the championship team potentially. Do you feel, is there anything there? I, I just, I don't know. I feel like players on a team that long, especially because LeBron like mentioned him, like when, you know, in his like, I'm coming home essay, right. I'm coming back to Cleveland. He mentioned Vera I was like, can't wait to play with him again. And these other guys. And is that, I, I don't know. I just feel like if I was a Cleveland fan, the fact that they just axed him and like didn't reward, you know, he's been with the team so long, didn't even let him finish up the year and and have another finals run with LeBron. I don't know. That that bugs me. Does that bug you at all? Or is that just part of basketball? Uh, it's, I, well, I, yeah, it's probably just part of basketball. I think w- one thing that's interesting is actually um, if Cleveland were to win, it's actually up to Cleveland, like it's up to Cleveland whether or not I'm going to give Verizal a ring because he was on the team. So actually, oh, theoretically, coming into this series, Verizal was <laughs> potentially going to get a ring no matter he what. can't lose. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit ruthless, but I mean, I mean, Cleveland made a great great move. They picked up Fry, who they're not playing for some reason. I mean, at the end of the day, like you got to do what you got to do. And and yeah, um, yeah I, I, I can see what you're saying, but I think uh, Ver, Ver, Verizal is probably happy with it. There's a, <laughs> the Golden State... Um, the social media person, I, I this is a while ago. I, um, I remember when Steph, I think, was going crazy against Oklahoma City in the regular season. Verizal did this huge fist pump, <laughs> and the Gold State social media person said something like, "When you realize you're finally playing with the best player in the world," <laughs> and it was right after you had signed with Gold State. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. Oh man, ouch, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I still, uh, I still think there's a chance here, but I'm mostly saying that just because I'm wishful thinking because also I want our game five tickets to matter. I know that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there is something to what you said about, you have to be tested. You can't just kind of like walk through the playoffs, uh, without being challenged and then be expected to change everything. Golden state had a little bit of a tough, they've had injuries, but they had a little bit of a you know, there was no doubt, I guess, but they had a little bit of a tough road through, especially Oklahoma City. And if you look back, you know, like a couple of years ago with the Spurs when they won um, round one, they almost lost to Dallas, went to seven That's games, right. it was really tough. And I, I feel like if you have a really tough first couple rounds and then, you know, I don't know, you're in good position. I I've, I've actually think that Spurs just, just kind of steamrolling over Memphis hurt them a little bit because they weren't challenged at all because they were playing a team that just had so many injuries and so many problems. There was no chance that's right. yeah. to win. Well, I think, I think and that's a really smart observation. Oh, one other thing I saw, there was a tweet I saw that it was, I thought it was the smartest thing I saw all, all during the game yesterday. And basically was saying that the worst thing that could have happened to the Cavs was Irving and Love being injured last year, not because they were injured, because arguably they were better without them, but because the Cavs were not forced to yeah. Address the question if 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 their core is good enough. Right. And I'm I fell for that too, because I mean I'm sure I said on the show the last couple of weeks, like the Cavs weren't at full strength. Now they are, so surely they will do better. Right. And that's not not so sure. And, right. And because now the question is 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 are these the right guys to put around around LeBron? And the problem is that had they been healthy and gotten beaten last year, they would have asked that question last year. And now they're asking a year later, which the problem is LeBron's getting older, right? And you just lost a year of LeBron in his, you know, at this point, definitely declining prime because you didn't get clear answers last year. And that was the real kind of tragedy for Cleveland and them being hurt. Because I think, yeah, they've been healthy. I don't think they'd be Golden State last year. Uh, like I said, I think they were arguably better. Um, I mean, this year, like this year, I, ah, it's so frustrating because 
we know, especially with the better shooters that they have on this team now, like their problem last year was offense and, and they're playing the same offense and uh, it's so frustrating. Like, I do think they should be doing better. I, I think that Irving, like I, I don't want to see her. Irving is very frustrating to me, um, but I would love to see. Yeah. That one, four pick and roll mm-hmm. stop the James isolations. They're not working. They didn't work last year. Jay, like James scored. Everyone thinks James was awesome in the finals last year, but his field goal percentage was terrible. Like, yeah. and he just took all the shots, right? Exactly. If you, <laughs> if you take like 40 shots a game, you're going to score 30, you know, 35 points. Anyhow. Yeah. I'm frustrated. Yeah. I, but he had a triple double and stuff. I think at some point in there. So, well, he did yeah. because he's holding the ball every single time. And, yeah, and to be fair, true. I mean, like those first two games, James was incredible. Like we talked about it. We went to game two and the way he controlled the game was, was, was awesome. But, um, but once Cle- once it feels like Golden State figured them out, and since Golden State figured them out, they have crushed them every single game, including the regular season. Yeah, and the problem here is there may not be any figuring Golden State out. I mean, we kind of have seen how Golden State plays all year long, and they have very few weaknesses. And again, yeah, if you if your defense is just anything short of perfect. Or, or uh, if you don't have tough. four guys with seven foot wingspans, right? Like OKC okay, so did, yeah, right? Yeah. What, no, good point. A lot of people would yeah. tell my Bucks on on, the, on on Twitter that the Bucks were kind of a team that gave Golden State problems in both games. The Bucks ended their twenty four game winning streak, mm-hmm. and the Bucks almost beat them again a week later after Golden State was talking a bunch of trash. And the 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 one thing is the Bucks are super duper long, and hmm. length is seems to be the one thing that gives Golden State trouble. Oklahoma City is the longest city and longest team in the league, and that's just not Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't have that sort of length, and um and that's problematic. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I uh, I'm gonna be rooting for the Cavs the next couple of games. Not ignoring my prediction, even ignoring game five, I'd like to see this go a little further, but they're just outmatched. I would love it to be a competitive series. I hope that Oklahoma City gets more credit now for how well they played and people stop crushing them for for quote unquote choking. They were a great team. They played a great series. And this series is, is almost the best evidence of that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so let's wrap this a little early. We will. We are going to try to do another one after Game Four or after Game Three. Sorry, especially if the Cavs win, but we can't commit to it. But but this this is our hobby. Yeah. If it's any if if things are any different than the first couple of games, that I think it's worth talking about. Yes, if we can figure it out. So um, sounds good. Well, it was good to talk about this. I'm thank you for letting me rant. I I had several rants in in my chest for that game, so yeah, I feel better good. for getting them off. <laughs> that's good. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Thanks for all the feedback on Twitter and wherever. Uh, it's been fun. The season is wrapping up. I hope this goes more than two more games. We will find out soon. I agree. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later, man. Bye.